from the new recording lair located deep beneath the Wine and Spirit Store in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. You're listening to the Masonic Light Podcast. Studio 665 presents Masonic Light Podcast. This show is recorded by Masons, for Masons, and is for entertainment purposes only. And please, no wagering. This podcast is not endorsed by any Grand Lodge, and the ridiculous ramblings of the hosts are their own. And now, here's your host. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Masonic Light Podcast, episode 146. Hello, 146. Episode 146. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, um, our Timmy is not here tonight. He is uh, actually... He's doing something with his family, so we will, so we respect that. It's like work-life balance. Imagine yes. that. Yeah, so... I think Somebody should teach that. Spend some quality time with your daughter, Timmy. Come back next week, and we'll mock you with the microphone's off. Absolutely. Publicly, you're doing the right thing. <laughs> we should make him enter the room in the dark. <laughs> Trip over things, yeah. So, so we won't say any more than that. The, the inside joke is we finally remodeled our studio, so it looks like we have... A little more room. And By remodeling, we moved our one table 45 degrees clockwise. It was a, it was a 90 degree rotation, Pete. Come on. Okay, 90 yeah, degrees. Yeah. But it means we... <laughs> well, we did 40, Geometry, Pete. Come 45 on. degrees twice. I couldn't let that stand. 45 degrees twice. Um, but we had to unwire everything. So now we're rewired. Some of us more than others. But uh, yeah, the, Josh... The, the, the Josh. Gr- the Josh. Grand Architect was hiding Larry's voice for a little bit. But. <laughs> we'll share that with you in a, maybe in a minute. But uh, uh, Josh was scrambling before the, before the show started recording, uh, plugging in thousands of cables and whatnot all around and up and over and down and in. And I think we've got a cool little digs here. I, yeah. I think we're going to like this like space it. like this. All right, and Brother Jack, well, tell us a little bit about our guest and tell him what we're going to do, how we go around the room. Well, okay. Our guest tonight is uh, Matt Engel, and Matt is um, one of the few Engels that spells it correctly. Um, but uh, he is Worshipful Master of Effort Lodge number 45 degree Engel. <laughs> 40, exactly. He's, he's one of them Engels. But um, anyway, Matt is uh, Worshipful Master, and uh, some of you heard about or attended even the um, Oklahoma Indian degree at Indian Echo Caverns. And Matt, as our Worshipful Master this year, I was responsible for putting that whole thing together, and uh, we're just going to visit with him. We we got some uh, some interviews while we were there, and we're going to cut but, them in. But Timmy has them. Yeah, Timmy has them, and he's doing the right thing somewhere else. So uh, when we get them, uh, we'll give them to Josh, and he will do his magic and make a show out of it. So, uh, But we're going to ask Matt you know, about his experience. Uh, so, uh, Matt, say hello to the folks. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure being here with you guys tonight and everything. I've listened to the show numerous times, and uh, pleasure to finally be on here with you guys. Awesome. What we do, Matt, is we kind of go around the room, and we just talk about what Masonic shenanigans we've been up to lately. Um, I'll start on this side of the room, because it's usually very brief. Larry. Oh, no, wait a minute. Whoa, no, wait a minute. No, 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 All no, right, no. well, so while you're dead, you have it ready? Here's my list. I have a Tim list. Larry, the microphone's up front. I have a Tim list. <clears throat> I have a Tim list. 
Okay. If you talk to Larry, you're always in danger of him turning his head. How many degrees, Jack? 90. 90. <laughs> no, that would be 180. <laughs> okay. <coughs> Pardon me. Oh, God. Attended a board meeting for the Lancaster Masonic Center. I don't want to look over you, Pete. I attended the Tall Cedars Convention in Ocean City, Maryland. Let me tell you about that. Or do we want to do that later? No, tell us all that. that well, condense it since they don't know how to condense it. Tell things. us, Larry, what happened? I can't condense something that was supposed to take uh, four hours, three and a half hours. That lasted about nine hours. That's hard to condense. In Tall Cedars' defense, because of COVID, <laughs> bad weather, and apathy, they haven't been able to have quorum at a national event in a while. So you guys had a lot of work to do. We did have a lot of work to do. Yes, yes, yes. And you've heard the term grumpy old passmaster. There are 199 of them in Ocean City. Okay, uh, I've also been asked to... Uh, serve as lodge treasurer for next year mm, i don't know how that happened i attended millersville lodge 476 eye contact attended a shareholders meeting to discuss the future of the masonic center in lancaster oh that's a good one non-binding though it's just non-binding yeah and uh goose and gridiron once in the past four weeks that's my thing okay josh what's josh uh lamberton killer what have you been up to uh, I attended the stated meeting of Millersville Lodge number 476. Past Master's Night. What, what did you have for dinner? Uh, well, I ate at home, and I <laughs> ate uh, pork roast. What did they eat? Did they what eat did the peasants chicken have? pot pie? Oh, and it go. was good. Okay. And um, did, you get a, any, did, what, did you say anything profound at Past Master Night? They generally make people stand up? No, I didn't say anything. I actually hid behind everybody. There, there's, Shocking. There's, there's, a picture, there's a picture that was posted on the First Masonic District, and you can see my hair and my glasses over somebody's shoulder. <laughs> Brother Matt, what have you been up to? past two weeks only, don't, and do not include the Indian degree. So we'll get to that. Well, I was also at uh, 476 State meeting that night. It was That's our uh, district deputy grandmaster visit as well as past master night, and I can attest the chicken pot pie was very good. Oh, I did not man. leave hungry you after that suck one. up. Oh, it, uh, put food in front of me. I'm eating it. <laughs> uh, we also had our state meeting here last night, which uh, was good. Um, we did the uh, memorial service for our deceased brethren. Uh, we had a total of 21 deceased brethren this year. And uh, it was a very good, solemn service and everything. But, uh, yeah, and tomorrow I got a first degree. We do? Yes, we do. Damn it. <laughs> okay. Brother Jack. So I did a thing. Um, actually, a couple of things. I missed my Cincinnati AMD council meeting because uh, I was at my son's best friend's wedding. Um, so that was one of those right thing to do things that you had to do to do the right thing. Um, but I, the biggest thing that I did, Masonically speaking, is I joined Zembo Shrine. Yeah. yeah. And there was much rejoicing. And, uh, yeah, I, it, was, it was a fun night. I mean, it, they've sort of like we do at Grotto. So it was do a short form. A quick yeah. obligation, and then I'm sure someday, a thousand years from now, I'll see, you know, 
75 withered old men <laughs> caravanning across the desert or something. I don't know. <clears throat> like, but, like the Tall Cedars Convention, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> kind of <laughs> like that. Give them all outfits. Anyway, uh, so that was very cool. And we were very uh, warmly received by everyone. And uh, um, Stephanie, on leaving, said that that was the first Masonic event that she had been a part of. That somebody saw her sitting at a table. And, and, and acknowledged her? And went to her and said, hey, would you like to come sit with us? Nice. My wife is now a fan of Shrine. It, 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 you and, know, it doesn't, and she'll participate with me you know, in Shrine. And that, it doesn't take much, guys. It's, it's Whether doesn't. it's a candidate or a, somebody or a st- in your lodge you don't know, walk over, say hi. Yeah. If they're eating by themselves, go sit with them. It's uh, it's a it's amazing how strong that is, and I can't. Uh, I made that my mission when I was going through the chairs to, to personally greet everybody that came to a meeting and just try to get to know everybody. And and it just like you said, Pete, it just doesn't take much to make your lodge better, and it will make your lodge better, and people will come, and, and people will and, come back. And I'm speaking to the rank and file members because, you know, the master, the secretary, and treasurer probably have some business they still need to do so i can give them a little bit of an excuse for not doing more than a quick high but if you're a member of the lodge it's your responsibility absolutely just to introduce yourselves so anyway i did that um uh, what do we have coming up um in october uh the 22nd is the academy of masonic knowledge so we'll talk about that up to come but that's the big thing for me um just uh, I am now a noble. We're not. We're not. It's not the ancient Arabic order of the nobles of the mystic shrine anymore. That no. That name has been retired. Uh, what is it now? It's just Shriners International. Okay. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of deep esoteric message that I want to carry with me right now. But anyway, well, um, every, every fraternal group from that era. Yeah decided they wanted to go all in on the Middle East. Like the little dumpy private club I belonged to in Lancaster was a part of something nationwide called the um, Commercial Travelers Association. Mm-hmm. And then Masons within that group made their own thing called the Bagmen of Baghdad, <laughs> which was probably a pretty good name up until Saddam Hussein. And then we were like, oh, okay. And that was that. back in the day when people traveled around from city to city, Some a lot of times still on the trains and, you know. They needed a place to go and hang. So, Pete here, what have I been up to? So, I have a hard time quitting anything or turning down anything, breaking up with girlfriends. Like, I just, I'm bad at it. You never had a problem with that. No, I would make them angry and they would leave. (laughs) Um, So, like, I had a job up until two Fridays ago working at 911. And I couldn't even break up with that. <laughs> but I sent the boss an email. Okay, hey, just FYI, I took another part John, the time job that pays X amount of dollars more an hour. Um, and these are the dates I can work in my training. And I just made it as implausible as possible. So they asked me for my resignation. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's how you do it. Did they? <laughs> yeah, because it just didn't seem... They knew I was never going to be able to work enough hours to stay on top of the updates and all mm, that. So yeah. 
I mean, if you miss a week of working at 911, you're rusty of the computers and it's not good for the public. So, wow. We all made the right decision well, to separate. Hey, I just commend you for even giving it a shot. I there's I, I don't want to see that layer of the onion. But the good news is <laughs> that's allowed me to break up with a lot of Masonic things is I was smart, dumb enough to um oh, that's Larry, of course. Ten dollars, Larry. Put it in the fish. Larry's bowl. figuring out how to turn his phone off. He's actually replying to a text before he stops the ringing. <laughs> uh <laughs> So I have become the assistant secretary of the Valley of Reading. And unless I uh, do something stupid that this room might know about, the, the idea is that in May I'll become the secretary of, of the, uh, the Valley. And that's allowed me to like not go to past master's night because I have to go to the Scottish Rite dinner for the Valley of Reading, which was at uh, there you go. Uh, Shady Maple, which made me really wish I was at Breakfast Mountain. <laughs> for you out-of-staters. A new is, theme park. <laughs> for you out-of-staters. Theme park of food, man. It is the theme park of food. Yes. And gift uh, store. That's so embarrassing. So I'll save some of my stories for later when I become uh, <laughs> tenured. <laughs> but I'm, I learned a lot of things. I spent a week in Valley of Harrisburg with John Cook. Um, John's a good guy. We had, on, we had him on the show, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, teaching me a little bit about things. And um, I feel better because there's things that are in his vault that if I didn't see at first, I would think we were weird. Uh. Like, you know, patents laying around for decades. Um, so if you're a Scottish Rite Mason, reach out to your office if you never got your patent. They might have it. So that's my Scottish Rite tip of the day. Uh, I will. So we'll be right back, and we'll interview Brother Matt about hosting a really big event and how to get it done. Why choose George J. Grove and Sons for your next home improvement project? At George J. Grove and Sons, we've built our reputation on quality and trust for more than fifty years. For planning to materials to installation, George J. Grove promises a home improvement experience second to none. Whether your goal is reducing energy costs, decreasing maintenance, updating curb appeal, or simply increasing the value of your home, the George J. Grove team will recommend and provide solutions that stand the test of time. Call 717-393-0859 for an estimate or visit us at georgejgrove.com. We're back, everybody. Um, we are here tonight with uh, Worshipful Master Matt Engel of Lodge 665 in Ephrata. That's 665. And um, they recently hosted the, let me read the hat, Oklahoma Masonic Indian Degree Team. And this was project was probably about a year. Uh, two years, actually. Oh, because of COVID? Yeah. Or? Well, actually, I started this project during my junior warden year. Because all the uh, past masters that helped me through my mentoring and everything always said, if you want to plan a big event, start doing it your junior warden year. And I'm really glad I did. 
because it was a lot of planning that went into it and everything. And if I didn't have those two years to do it, one year definitely would not have been enough time to schedule those guys and everything. So we're going to hear later, if we ever find Tim, it'll be included in this episode, <clears throat> some interviews with the uh, degree team themselves and some other people. So I guess in the beginning, maybe we'll just focus on, we'll, we'll stay on that road. Um, if there's upcoming officers somewhere in the world that are wanna, thinking about something cool to do, Tell us what kind of stuff, how you started this planning and how you got into it. Well, actually, I started the uh, planning. I was going through Facebook the one day, and one of the uh, Facebook groups actually had a post about a uh, Oklahoma Indian degree team that was, I believe, coming to Delaware at the time. And so that made me spark my interest and in Google search what these guys were and everything. And then on searching on Facebook, I found out they had a Facebook page. So I wrote them a private message, and uh, the next day their secretary actually emailed me back and started the ball rolling that direction. But it's, uh, it's definitely something that took two years in the process of doing and everything. So start thinking ahead of time of some events. So you, yeah. Well, just have, having, the, having the degree team there um, – is only a, a small part of what yeah. What, so was that the fir- was that the yeah. first date? That's that, probably that, the easiest thing is to that just say we want you on this day, and they're like yes. So now you got to confirm nah. a location. <laughs> yep. Now you got to pick the location. So every other year uh, at Ephrata, we either do lodge in the woods or we do the cave degree. And during my year, the uh, cave degree uh, fell under my term. So the. Uh, Cave itself only held uh, maybe about a hundred plus people at the mouth of the cave. So, talking to the uh, guys from Oklahoma, they were telling me that okay, well, hundred plus—that's really not a lot of people. We actually usually generate a larger crowd. So then I started scratching my head, going, okay, well, if the cave's only holding that much, what else can we do? <coughs> well, then uh, talking to uh, the people at the uh, Indian Equa Caverns and everything. We decide that the actual top of the cave is a giant field. Well, on top of that field, we could put a giant tent. So we contacted a tent rental company, and lo and behold, I never knew that you actually made tents that can hold 500 people at a time. Mm-hmm. So that ended up being the uh, route that we ended up going. They do call it a circus, though, just so you know. that. Uh, not that the lodge meeting was a circus. <laughs> I'm not saying that. So then I guess you need chairs. Yep, which actually the uh, tent company actually included that within the Ineco. So they charged a small fee per chair, but they set all the chairs up. They set the tent up and everything and tore it all down. Oh, that's awesome. That was a huge plus. Well, you, I mean, that's a science. They, they know how to do that. That's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's cool to watch. Yeah, my science would be just unfolding the thing and plopping it down. Yeah, I have trouble with an easy up, so I don't know. And did you guys? Have, I guess <laughs> you guys booked lodging for those guys because I'm sure they flew in. Yeah, so um, we ended up looking up different airfares and everything like that, and uh, the price difference from Harrisburg to Philadelphia really wasn't that much, and the degree itself was in Hummelstown, so it was kind of a no-brainer to fly right into Harrisburg. And uh, looking at hotel accommodations, we found one that was about five minutes away from the airport. So it was really convenient. They flew in at 10 o'clock at night. So we were able to pick them up right away, bring them to their hotel room. And that was also convenient, too, because their flight home was at 5 a.m. the next morning. So it was also nice to have them close. And They could probably just get a shuttle bus. Actually, no. I was a shuttle bus. Nice. <laughs> so myself and actually. Yeah, we have a receipt for that shuttle bus, actually. <laughs> uh, 
A couple of the, the officers actually really helped pitch in as well. So we had a 15-passenger uh, van, which is great for seats, but there's that thing called luggage. Mm. And uh, they do carry a fair share of luggage because they have to carry they have all, all their, their costumes. All their co- Oh, no, no, no. They're not costumes. They're outfits. They will okay. correct you on that. <laughs> they are not costumes. <laughs> I guess if it's your own culture, it's not a costume. Oh, no. Yeah, it's definitely yeah, not a costume. Some interesting questions answered. The one guy got up and said, so Indian degree team? Native, what, is, what should you be called? And the, the one guy, Butch, said, I think it was Butch, he says, my grandmother called me an Indian. And if it's good enough for her, that's what I am. (laughs) (laughs) They were a great group of guys. They They really were. I've learned that about most things that the super politically correct people get upset about. Yeah. Usually the people that... Actually involved in the thing. Are actively involved in the name (laughs) don't really get bent up about it. For the most part. It's usually like some suburban Caucasian that's very (laughs) upset. (laughs) And I think suburban Caucasians are the last people I'm pro- allowed to make fun of. Oh, no. Th- no, anyway. No, no. We're well, not going to go here. Uh, anyway. One of the cool things that we did, too, is we took him out to lunch. And uh, I wanted to get him a little taste of what Pennsylvania is like. So we took him out to uh, Permani Brothers over in Harrisburg. And uh, their taste of fame is always the hot pastrami sandwich with the coleslaw and french fries on top. Well, the guys out in Oklahoma were asking me, what's a pastrami? Well, I, uh, it's meat. It's good. <laughs> so explain. You should try it. Yeah, you should try it. It's good. So uh, it was very interesting, the looks in their faces when the sandwiches came out with the French fries and coleslaw <laughs> on top of it, and they never seen anything like that before, yeah, but they all enjoyed it. It was good. Here, here's a pro tip, but I always, because I'm an Eagles fan, and I always mm. tell my Steelers fan friends, you know, any restaurant will put French fries on it if you ask. <laughs> that is true. That is true. <laughs> But they're better at their coleslaw is better. So I do like uh, the whole thing all together. It's kind of an opera. <laughs> so okay, so you fed the guys, um, you housed them. Uh, what else, like you got tracked down? What else? Like a caterer? Did you need lighting? Is that separate? True. So the uh, actually Indian Echo Caverns actually provided generators with the lights on there. Oh, so they must do like weddings and other big events. Oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, they do lots of big events there. So the generators and everything were there. Um, we also uh, tracked down a sound guy because uh, I can't talk loud enough for 500 people to hear me. So uh, we, one of our brothers here, uh, Roger Fitzwater, he actually works for a sound company. So he was able to be able to be our sound guy. So, for the and evening. all the officers, I guess, were mic'd? Yep, we had lapel leaders. mics. Yeah, yep. okay. We had lapel mics for ourselves and then for the uh, degree team as well. So trying to get a head count, make sure we track all the mics down and everything. Um, aprons, the uh, district helped out with supplying aprons from all the other lodges. We just had to make sure we tracked the guys down and make sure nobody ran off with their aprons still on them. Our uh, Tyler was definitely getting his exercise that evening. That, but that actually ended better than I expected it to. I figured every lodge would be out, you know, 15 or 20 aprons. And they really, they put them where they should go for the most part. Everybody dropped it. And- In their own pile. Um, well, just where they were supposed to. Yeah, each lodge had its own pile, and it actually came off, I thought, really pretty well. It did. Yeah. It did. It came off a lot better than I anticipated as well. Yeah. I anticipated the same thing, but when I was doing my final counts. I don't think we lost any. That's great. Well, it's, you know, Masons. We should take care of our things and other people's things. Absolutely. Now, let's take a quick break right now, and then we'll be back with Brother Matt. As far back as the mid-1800s, records exist describing the pre-meaning tradition 
of brethren smoking cigars during and after gatherings. To this day, the practice of smoking cigars remains very much alive in many lodges. This custom is considered a time for brethren to relax, exchange ideas, and enjoy the simplicity and fellowship that is the very essence of our brotherhood. This is what Hireman Solomon Cigars is all about. Our starting principles are to bring Masonic brethren together in the harmony of a good cigar. Pull up a chair, sit back, light up any of our premium cigars, and enjoy the history. Hireman Solomon Cigars can be found at fine cigar retailers. For a complete list, visit HiremanSolomonCigars.com or check them out on social media to find out when they'll be at a live event near you. Hireman Solomon Cigars is pleased to be the official cigar of the Masonic Light Podcast. All right. Oh, Gary brings back. Get Gary. Oh, Gary brings back. Gary. Yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. Gary. Terry brings back. <clears throat> this will serve very well. I, I, miss, I miss a show and they... They don't even know my name anymore. No. Hey, we're back with Matt Engel, brother Matt Engel, worshipful master of Ephrata Lodge 660, 665. Ephrata? Yeah, it sounds like yeah, that line. That's what I said. Ephrata. Ephrata, yeah. Ephrata. As the sign used to say on the highway. Ephrata. And we're talking about the cave degree, and which to me was amazing. And I'm going to turn this over to Jack in a second here, but... As I was saying to Matt when we were on break, he was talking about the airfare. He was talking about putting the, the guys up in the hotel. And I'm, my, my mind is adding up dollars. And I'm going like, ka-ching, 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 with all the things they're talking about. And I'm thinking, whoa, what kind of a budget do you have for this? And what's the process of making this budget? So, Jack, I'm taking that away. Yeah, at least in hindsight or in foresight or helping other people, how would you plan this? And, and this is the point of it. Because, Matt, what, I mean, overall, why don't you, like, speak to the conclusion financially at the end of it? I mean, it, it was the the expenses exceeded revenue by a, a, a number. Little. A number. And um, that's going to happen. And uh, quite frankly, I think I told you afterwards, if I could have paid for you to take a course – in how to get stuff done, and it cost that much money, I would have gladly paid it for you. So, I mean, I, it, that's fine. Um, but so how did it start? How did you start your budgeting? And then we can talk about how, where it went, you know, where it went caddy Yeah, because I mean, because honestly, like one of the things about our show is people tell us they like us because we keep it real. Yeah. And, and I would like every worshipful master, whether they're planning a dinner or selling hot dogs, or, to or a understand. raffle, or anything, any fundraiser yeah. that you're trying to do, or an event you're trying. Like, like I won't. Union Lodge just sold me a tick, gun raffle ticket mm-hmm. for a hundred dollars. Oh God! I said yes, and then I looked at like how many tickets were going to be sold. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, like I was expecting like a hundred tickets, you know. <laughs> No, it's like open-ended. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I would probably know. Batch number one. Yeah. So how did you start? What, 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 was there a process or did you just sure. kind of hang a number out or what? Well, it went off of uh, what a lot of times what we traditionally would have charged for the cave degree itself. So traditionally, we always did $50 per ticket. Mm-hmm. And uh, that includes your meal, commemorative coin, and everything along those lines. 
So with that, I was uh, looking at how many tickets we would end up having to sell to be able to break for the uh, airfare, the hotel fees, and all that fun stuff. Well, of course, then over the past two years, the uh, price of everything has climbed (laughs) (laughs) dramatically. Including Indian degrees. Including Indian (laughs) degrees. And, of course, everything that you plan of, uh, the 48 hours beforehand, all of a sudden you find out, oh, shoot, I need this. Oh, shoot, I need that. So there was a couple what, of different. What kinds of things like jumped out? I, I know the one that that you mentioned before, Roger um, Fitzwater, the, the sound guy. Yep. So Roger Fitzwater getting somebody for sound that was an additional cost that we weren't figuring originally. Um, after we got the tent, we also found out that we weren't allowed to have uh, any open flames because normally we traditionally use tiki torches. Mm. So we ended up having to get uh, some plant holders and uh, some <laughs> battery operated candles, but it all turned out well. It did. So different, small, different little things like that just added on at the end. So um, a side thought that I had while I was talking about. We could make a whole show of a feature episode of budgeting. Yeah, absolutely, and, and we probably should. Um, but um, the, um, the, the sound guy, when we got him on the – we were in like – it's a week to go. It's like T minus seven days, and we're having a, like a little meeting at the lodge. And uh, and we found out that the sound person that was planned for it couldn't do it, and there was no sound. So I said, "Well, look, call Roger." And and that moment we called him, and he he said, "Jack, I just booked a gig in York. I've got a, there's a, th- a show I'm doing over there, and he says, I just I just booked it." And I said, "Well, you know, I mean, I, that's fine. Whatever you got to." Do what you got to do to get paid, and he said, "Is is this a ch- is this a paid thing?" And I said, "How much do you need?" And he said, "You tell me how much you have that that's valuable, and I'll you know." And uh, and he did it. He he called his other his other account, and he um, got somebody to sub for him. But the point is, we didn't ask him to do it for free because that's his job. Right. It's not like he's doing it for free right. on a day he's not and, doing and I, nothing. And he's losing a, X amount of money to come do it. I, I think there's a lot of people that, that don't get involved with their lodges because they, they think there's an expectation that they'll do this for free, you know, whatever it is. And and that's – nowhere is, is that a thing. Just be fair. Right? Yeah. Do when, a good when, I, job when I do business with Mason, I just like expect – like if it's a car dealer or a mechanic, don't charge me for the undercoating. Right. Just give me the fair deal and then we're good. Give me this square deal, right? That's that's yeah. where that was for a long time. Anyway, so what else? Um, what else popped up at you, Evil Dragons? That that. Um, well, one of the things too is uh, when I originally booked this, uh, I didn't realize two years into advance that in Ephrata we have what's called the Ephrata Fair that happens, <laughs> and it goes right along our main street here in Ephrata. Why, yes. Yes, it does. So with that... Um, what year of the fair is this? The 100 and... Do they, no. <laughs> <laughs> Too many. 107, I think. But with that, uh, normally I would have booked the box rental truck for the Penske truck to load up our lodge equipment the night before. Well, with the fair happening and everything, trying to get a box truck into our parking lot, yeah, it probably wouldn't work out very well. So I ended up having to book it a week in it for a full week versus one night. So that was an additional cost that added sure. there and stuff. Sure. So different small little things like that. But yeah. It, it, adds up, it adds up quickly. And that's why when you think you have a budget for your big event, take it to somebody in your lodge that's a money guy and say, hey, look at this. Poke and see if it, it makes me. sense. Yeah. yeah. Am I missing something? Because this doesn't sound right or this sounds too high or just you know utilize the expertise of the people in your lodge to help you and they'll help you i mean just 
just put it out there that, you know, hey, I put it under his face and don't don't just put out a general call for can someone please help me. But, you know, find a brother who's a, um, a broker or whatever. And well, using my corporate speak, we'll get off the delta and we'll move on to the positives of the mm. event. Everybody at, that attended seemed to have a good time. Oh, it was a blast. I so, agree. So tell us a little bit more about some of the big successes of the event, which I think far outweigh. Oh, goodness, yes. We kicked that elephant out of the room. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the great stuff is uh, how well attended it was. Um, we had uh, 383 uh, tickets sold for the event. Plus, then you also had a degree team and the officers in there. So all total, we had 407 people at the event. And one of the cool things that they do beforehand is uh, powwow dances. And all their dances are very symbolic in nature. So they explained a lot of them uh, was about the co-talkers, different veterans, one to honor women. Uh, they're very big into uh, explaining their symbology and everything. So that was really neat to have that before the event. And their degree is fantastic. Those guys really put on a great degree. Their worshipful master that starts the degree is a 92-year-old Apache. And he is... I wish I am somewhat close oh, to that he, sharp. It's this, I'm sure it's the same guy. He is so spry and witty. Yeah. And just every comeback is just, sharp wow. Attack, yeah. Wow. And it was neat seeing all the other different officers in other states, how they end up having a role into the degree. I mean, out here in Pennsylvania, a lot of times the worship master does most of the work. Out there, this worship master does a part. Senior deacon does a part. Everybody has a part in the degree. And it was kind of really neat seeing that aspect as well. And uh, overall, it was really, really, really good time. So the work wasn't anything in in <clears throat> in language, right? It was it was an American degree under the Grand Lodge of Oklahoma with people who were Native Americans in costume. Outfits. They were outfits. Outfits, right? They were uh, sorry. They were Indians in outfits. More or less, um, yes. So. Um, so I, I think that was something that I didn't – I thought it was going to be something a whole nother level, like going to the German lodge and hearing the whole Ferks done in German. And, and so that kind of took me by surprise. But, yeah, they've been doing this since 1958. Yeah. They've been traveling around the United States uh, helping promote Indian Native American culture and everything. And uh, So I think it. we should do that in, in the first Masonic district. I think we should create a degree team so awesome that people all over the country would pay us oh. to come and perform a degree for them. <laughs> we, can get, we can get Dutchy Doug to teach us the Pennsylvania Dutch degree. And Tim A. Something did happen in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> now, one thing I can say is they do not charge a fee for their services. Whoa. It's just flying I didn't them know out. that. Nope, they do not charge a fee for their services. It's just to be able to provide them for airfare, provide them for lodging, and provide them for meals. Wow, that's that's amazing. I, I, yeah, that's. Committed. I figured they were good, at least Ooh. like five grand or something. They would they would book. No, yeah. no, they uh, they Just, do sell merchandise, which they do end up having a little bit of income from that. And the merchandise is really cool, the hats and all that stuff that they do. It was quality merch. I will give them that. And there was a ton of it. I can tell you at the Delaware one, I felt like a scalper, like uh, outside the spectrum. Um, <laughs> Give a little table. I had a I had a box of Hiram Hiram and Solomon cigars. Milk crate. And I'm walking around the equine tent down there in Delaware, and I'm like, go over to the table's like, hey buddy, anybody <laughs> want to buy a cigar? <laughs> and uh, I finally walked over to the native uh, Indian degree team, and like 
they all bought cigars. They're all like sitting there hanging out smoking. Oh yeah. Um, so uh, I think I gave them all all for free. So so then you get a little plus down there for me. But uh, if they come back in a couple years. Maybe we need to rent a table with Hiram and Solomon and have a cigar cigar table. Ooh, we should. That sounds good. Uh, this sounds like a good time for a, a, a break. A break. <laughs> At the historic Smithton Inn of Ephrata, Pennsylvania, we're pleased to serve the latest creations from Weathered Vineyard Winery, along with spirits from Thistle Finch Distillery in Lancaster, all to be experienced in the tasting room of a beautifully restored 18th century bed and breakfast. Cigars by DNS Cigar are available for your enjoyment in the courtyard. The historic Smithton Inn is convenient to Lancaster County's most interesting attractions. Just minutes from the Ephrata Cloister and the Green Dragon Farmer's Market, and a short drive can get you to charming Lidditz, thriving downtown Lancaster, as well as Hershey, Bird in Hand, and Intercourse, or Valley Forge and Gettysburg. Whether you're looking for a romantic getaway or an active vacation full of sightseeing and attractions, the historic Smithton Inn will be a welcoming oasis from everyday life, one that you'll want to visit again and again. Stop in and visit at 900 West Main Street in Ephrata, Pennsylvania, or check out our website at historicsmithtoninn.com, or simply call us at 717-733-6094. Just ask for Passmaster Dave. I thought we were. Oh, uh, now we weren't recording. Yeah, and, and we're all right. Uh, so, so we're back now, and Josh can start paying attention because we're going to start talking about stuff that we've been talking about for the last fifteen freaking minutes. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but nobody's we, but, been but, recording uh, it. But, but, but sometimes we got to confirm whether we're allowed to talk about are things we, we're talking we, about. We, we, are we, we back? Specifically said that we weren't talking on the air on purpose. So yeah, right. Everybody knew what was going on. Yeah, it was well, off, but Larry. we weren't talking. But we still talked. So, yeah. so um, the point is that everybody listening missed some really good stuff. Sorry about that. Um, but the the more important thing is um, let's just go to the one question you always get asked: um, What did you do really well? Just really short. What did you do really well? And by by you do, I don't mean you, because it's the master's role to make sure <clears throat> other people do. Master's role is to make sure. So what what went really well? What went really well was when I reached out to help to people, everybody gladly pitched in and helped. I didn't get one person that said, no, I'm sorry, I can't, mm -hmm. which is really great, especially last minute when something comes up and you really need help with something. All the officers, all the people that are past masters, right. everybody jumped in and helped when like, needed. Like one of the things, and pay attention to this if you're going to have a big event, is if you have a big event and you get 400 people coming all at once, if you've got a really elaborate registration process to go through, they're going to back up for you know a long time. So what happened was different people jumped in and picked up a piece of the action, so it became a very much of an assembly line kind of thing. So absolutely, that ended up better than it could have gone if there was just one guy with a clipboard. And yeah, um, what would you do differently? Um, one thing I would do differently was uh, next time we now we know how much luggage the guys bring, so I actually bring the box truck along with me <laughs> next time to carry it all. <laughs> Uh, well, luckily, one of our uh, brothers that helped me pick up the guys, he brought his uh, big Ford F-350 mm -hmm. with an eight-foot bed, and that thing was packed. I knew that guy. 
Um, and and the last thing, what what will you not do again? What would you recommend someone who's doing this to stay away from, like the plague? Um, one of the big things I would recommend somebody to stay away from is making sure that the right people are delegated to the right task. So always look at uh, what somebody's good at and not just ask for the help, but kind of help delegate that task to them and not try and do it all yourself. I did a lot of things myself, which I was able to do. At, uh, at the end of the day, it was a little exhausting doing it all. Mm-hmm. But uh, everybody that I did reach out to helped a lot. And how positive the response was that people were to help really made me realize, you know what, if I had asked for more things in advance, I probably would have gotten more help. Absolutely, I would have. What What is it they say in Freemasonry? Something about asking. 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 Knocking. Knocking. Knock your ask. Was. Yes. I don't know. Something like that. Anyway. Larry, what, what is that? Do you remember that? What was it in South Carolina? <clears throat> Thank you, Larry. That was great. (laughs) (laughs) We'd send you to the rock quarry. (laughs) So a lot of positive reviews. Any? Is there any discussion of doing this again? Yes, uh, we had a lot of really positive responses from people asking when the next time we'll end up doing this again. Um, So we're looking at possibly doing this again in two years uh, when it's our next uh, "quote unquote" cave degree. Uh, next year, we'll be doing Lodge in the Woods over at Camp Mac in, uh, I believe it's Lancaster, technically. It's actually Lebanon County. Ooh, it is yeah. Lebanon County. Wasn't it's, sure if it crossed uh, the line there. Is it Mar- it's not Marstown. Schaeferstown. Schaeferstown. So we'll be doing that next year, so that kind of occupies that time. But in two years' time, again, we'll be freed up, and uh, we definitely plan on uh, looking into doing this again. The degree team was very happy to do this, and they're excited to actually come back out. I mean, considering this was our first time in Pennsylvania and everything, it was neat to introduce them to the state. Well, now they know where the casino is because they were asking about, for some reason, it sounds really cliche, but they were asking about where the where the casino was. Yeah, the uh, gas station so across You're about the 10 minutes from the... They're, they're probably sorely disappointed. Uh, oh, I, 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 I've had much more fun at Indian casinos than I had at Hollywood Casino. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. <laughs> I was up in... Well, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, okay. So what, what else we got? So that's pretty cool. Plus, you know... It was well-known locally, mm-hmm. mm. and you still had, like, that many people. Um, you know, I think by word – I can just tell you from running big events my personal life, the fact that people had a good time and they'll tell, they told two people. Mm-hmm. My guess, early prediction, 1,500 people if you redid it. Oh, that'd be sweet. You know, so. W- wait, What? So maybe find a place that has <laughs> that that has bathrooms. Yes, because nice. we didn't even met, you had to rent porta potties, I guess, right? Actually, well, they that would have been a there. clever idea. Oh, they had bathrooms. Yeah, they had bathrooms there. They're a little bit of a walk, a little out there, but uh, they had restrooms there. We were thinking about renting the porta potties, but uh, we ended up just using the bathrooms that were over yonder. Well, yeah, and as, <laughs> as the green ones. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One of the one of the main okay men die earlier, but one of our fruit, one of our benefits is the world is our urinal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a small takeaway, folks, but That's we got to these small wins. <laughs> so mote it be. Oh. Awesome, brother man. So, what about the rest of your year? What else? Anything else going on, or this this is your big event, and now now you're just 
Next month's Masons and Baseball. Coasting out the back door. <laughs> Masons and Baseball, Green Beans, how they originated. <laughs> well, next month we had our uh, state of meeting. We're going to be honoring our veterans during that event. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, basically, just helping with degrees, um, making sure that the guys in line are uh, ready to do their undertaking, and making sure that I'm there next year to help them do that. So are you looking forward to St. John's Day next? I am or not. I've had a lot of fun doing this. I really have. I and I'm sure I'm going to miss it. That's how I felt. I'd do it again in a heartbeat in any other lodge. There's a lot of lodges in the county that are looking for someone to jump in. The bottom of the line. <laughs> I'll even pay your dues. You were just at one a few nights ago. <clears throat> I wasn't, but you were. Well, he was, too. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been a really pleasurable time being a Worshipful Master. I really have enjoyed it, and uh, it's definitely been a positive experience. I mean, I've only been a Mason for four years. I joined the fraternity in 2018. You got it. He's got the work. I mean, he earned it. He's got it all. Damn. Solid. One of the the cool things that I can remember was uh, when I joined, I joined – I finally got my third degree in June of 2018, and we went off from labor in July and August. And – the first big event I had was at the actual cave degree, kind of ironic cliche. And at the time, um, the worshipful master was Ken Van Fleet, and he asked me if I wanted to do a small part in it. I said, sure, what's a small part? He goes, well, we're doing the first degree. Would you like to do the charge? Only a couple words. There's nothing major to it or anything. <laughs> so that got my uh, feet wet into memorization and uh, really helped a lot and everything. I'm super glad I did it. Oh, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a couple words. Kenny K. Just a couple words. Nothing major. <laughs> Kenny's going to get a promotion soon because I can't be an elected officer, two elected officers at the Valley of Reading. So. Oh, is he in the line? I'm junior warden in Rose Croy. Okay. And I think I can still be, I'll have to find out from the upper uppity ups, but I'm just hired help. So mm-hmm. I can still be junior warden. But I think next May, if all things go right and I become the Valley Secretary, that's an elected position, and I can't hold two. Right. So that means Kenny might get bumped up to uh, senior warden. Oh. Oh, he might get to skip junior. Uh, he'll Ooh. like that. Nice. So, congratulations, nice. Kenny. Uh, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to that. <coughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's just what 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 have anything going on masonically in the next two weeks? Uh sure. So tomorrow night, actually, we have a first degree that we'll be conducting. And uh, we'll also be doing a past master's banquet towards the end of the month and also our regular lodge banquet the week after that. So that's kind of what I got planned for the next couple of weeks. Josh, anything going on for you besides uh, the episode? Just the episode. We, we appreciate your hard work and dedication. Hell yeah. Thank you. To the show. Yeah. Larry. <clears throat> no, actually, I'll be in New Hampshire and Vermont. So uh, some of the things I had scheduled that I should be doing for the – for the cause for Freemasonry, I will not be there. Okay, let's see what I've been up to. Uh, next two weeks, um, I'm going to two semi-shrine-related events this weekend in Ocean City, Maryland, and uh, another one at the end of the month in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Ooh. So that sounds, I saw, you know, that, that'll, be, that'll be fun. And then obviously... That's that, that quasi-quasi-quasi-quasi. <coughs> uh, and every... And every um, and every day, Monday through Friday, I will be at the Valley of Reading 
unearthing new treasures. Um, I found a bunch of patents going back 20, 30 years in, the, uh, in different places. 50-year medallions that nobody's picked up. So expect my phone call. I'm going to try and track you down and get you your due re- just rewards. Jack, what do you have going on? Um, I actually have a couple things. The, um, there's a chapter meeting on the 20th that I'm going to try to get to because I haven't been to chapter in a while, and I really should stay involved there. Um, the t- Saturday the 22nd is the Pennsylvania Academy of Masonic Knowledge. Um, if you, you aren't registered. Or I'll Google it. What? Do you know what they're speaking on, or I'll Google it? Um, no. I, well, I, I saw the speakers. They, they didn't really ring you for me. You said the 22nd? Uh, it's the, yeah, the tw- Saturday the 22nd oh. is what I have. And then the following day is a Demolay Legion of Honor ceremony at um, Elizabethtown. And following that ceremony is Ubar Grotto. So, and that's the um, Halloween ceremonial oh the spooktacular that's it um and then what and then we're back in the studio so there you go ta-da well folks that's oh do you have the speakers because sometimes they're really that's how that's how we got started in freemasonry so i like giving them a plug um registration information for the next symposium will occur uh, October 22nd at the Masonic Village at Elizabethtown, Freemason Center, blah, 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 always the same. You can find it on uh, PA Masonic Academy, or uh, you can just look for it on Eventbrite as, a, as an event and reserve your piece. Speaker tickets, uh, speaker, let's see, Brother Thomas D. Worrell on an early unknown esoteric order of American Freemasonry. So uh, probably an elongated episode of, um, what is it, Corpora Obscurum. Uh, And then brother, worshipful brother David J. Hostler on building servant leaders. So that's going to be He's from Indiana. Is he? Grand Steward Tyler of the Grand Lodge of Indiana. Yes, sir, he is. So um, he's going to talk about, um, you know, building better Masonic leaders. And Honestly, a, a better yeah. Masonic leader is a better leader in general. So how uh, – th- there's a question. I mean, throwing back to, you know, what we're talking about. Do you feel this affected you and your ability at work to, to get organized things and get things done? Was this a, Is this a self-improvement thing for you? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Not just at work, but at Lodge in general. It uh, – it taught me a lot more about delegating tasks and also taught me a lot, too, about the uh, inner workings of district, uh, district level and state level as well. So I definitely feel like I've grown a lot, not just as a mason, but also as a leader and everything else awesome. at work and stuff. And that's why we're here. Congratulations. It came off really well. Thank yeah, I, I, can, I can tell you this. Like Somebody, when they join the masons, they're new, they don't understand anything, and it's just jumping in. And then when you become an officer – you jump into a different, deeper pool. But then when you become one of the top three officers, they throw you more like into the district pool. And it's the same thing for all these other bodies. But like once you figure out how to swim, whether it's any appendant body, like you'll survive. And uh, I think if you can swim, you can swim in any pool. (laughs) Wear your life jacket. I just invented that right there. Wear your life jacket. All right, well, Larry, are you ready to take us home? Not yet. 
God, I'm installing. <laughs> Jack and I keep making up crap. <laughs> stretch, stretch. I'm I'm registering for the thing, okay? Hey, oh. Oh my gosh. Did, Larry, did you hear our ending last week? No. Did we I? we did our best Larry. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Confirm my email. <laughs> <laughs> we there we go. You see what we're working it's with? It's not going to work. The office of the aging says we have to keep them. <laughs> uh, Larry, that's your cue. Oh, okay. I registered. Yay! Yay. Good Lord. Uh, special thanks to Avril Lodge 665 for continuing to allow us to be here. Uh, also, a special thanks to our producer, director... Josh Lamberton. Killer. Killer. Uh, for continuing to make the show listenable and good and better. Uh, also, too, uh, thanks to uh, our news director, Jack. We didn't have any news tonight, Jack. No, sir, I did not. Uh, Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, okay. Sonic our, our news director, uh, Jack Harley, and Tim Detman, our marketing director. This is going to go long anyway. And also, special thanks to... Our co-host and founder Pete Ruggieri. I've oh, never. Once in seven I really years. thank him. Once, once in seven, seven years. years. Yeah, that's that's good enough. Don't expect it again. Uh, also, to our, can I say something about our yeah our contributors, Doug Maddenford and Doug, you do a great job, and Michelle Snyder, Doctor Michelle. And, and how is this show paid for, Larry? It is paid for by our Patreons, who without their help, we could not make this show. Possible. Our patrons on Patreon will be buying Larry a swing arm microphone because yeah. he's tired of this I'm G tired of this nonsense. Yeah. Stand yeah. microphone. Exactly. Tell you, it's it's, it's, it's difficult. Uh, I just want to make sure that I, I, I close the show out tonight. Do you have a, wit- a witty telling? He's opening uh, yeah, badjoke.com yeah, right now. Actually, I do. Now, being a Navy veteran, this really hit home. A captain notices a light in the distance on a collision course with his ship. He turns on his single lamp and sends, change your course 10 degrees west. The light singles back, change yours 10 degrees east. The captain gets a little annoyed. He singles, I'm a U.S. Navy captain. You must change your course, sir. The light singles back. I'm a seaman first class. You must change your course, sir. Now the captain, he is mad. He singles, I'm an aircraft carrier and I'm not changing my course. The light singles back a final message. I'm allowed, I'm a lighthouse, your call. <laughs> I'm an outhouse. <laughs> Thank you, Navy. Gap lighthouse. Good night, everybody. Bye, everybody. This is Larry Maris. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Brother Matt. Thank you guys for having me.